now loading the Mindset Digital Podcast. Three, two, one. You're seriously trying to torpedo my career at this point. Bulbasaur. <laughs> Shall we begin? Welcome to the Mindset Digital Podcast, insight and analysis from the intersection of social media, learning, and technology. Have you noticed groups of people congregating around your home or office, wandering around with their eyes fixed on their smartphones? Well, they might be playing Pokemon Go, a new mobile game that has skyrocketed in popularity since its launch last week. So much so that we're rolling out our first ever mini episode just to talk about it. If you're someone who's been in the dark or perplexed by the entire Pokemon phenomenon, don't worry. We've broken it down so even creative director Pete Brown can understand it. Wait, who's writing this? Speaking of which, here's Pete. Over the weekend, I was driving my son on some errands. We came up to a red light, and he looked over, and he rolled down his window and started shouting, Hey, Chris! Hey! to a boy who was over on the sidewalk waiting for the light to change on a bike. Now, Chris is a nice enough kid, but what I really know about him is that he plays a lot of video games, even by today's teenage standards. And I know when my son goes over to his house, all they're going to be doing is playing video games. If he comes over to our house, they basically play video games. And I realized, as I looked over there, that I didn't recognize him because I'd never actually seen him outside. To be honest, you know, he had very pale skin, uh, he was riding a bike that he appeared to have outgrown probably two seasons ago, blinking in the bright sunlight, almost as if he himself was a little bit surprised to discover himself outside on his bike. And what he was doing was playing a video game. He was playing a game called Pokemon Go, which launched late last week as I record this, last Thursday, and has become insanely popular in a very short amount of time. Before I get into the details of this game and how it brought Chris out of his dark basement and into the real world. I just feel like I should quickly talk about the core story that informs all of the Pokemon franchises. Pokemon was created in the mid-1990s, and it posits a universe where there are small, magical monsters all around us that are called Pokemon. It's a diminutive Japanese form, meaning pocket monster. And in this universe, Uh, People could go around, and if they came upon one of these monsters, they catch it by throwing what's called a Pokeball, which is like a red and white ball. They capture the monster, and then they can battle these monsters against each other for sport. This was originally a game on the Nintendo DS, but it quickly branched out. And so there's multiple versions of the game, different storylines in the game. It is an animated cartoon series. It has been a film. It is a card-based strategy game. It is a turn-based strategy game, multiple video games. Just two weeks ago here in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, the Pokemon National Championships were held three days at the Greater Columbus Convention Center. Know this because I drove my son down all three days. But at the heart of all these properties is this idea of a world that you move through capturing small magical monsters in your Pokeballs and then doing battle with each other. Well, on Thursday, Pokemon Go was released. This is a mobile app for your smartphone which basically places you on a map in the real world, and you use this map to find where these magical creatures might be hiding. And they're all around you. They can be in your front yard, they can be down the street, and you physically go to these locations. And it brings up the camera on your smartphone, and this is what's really neat. It uses augmented reality. So you're seeing the view on your camera in real life, but then they've used AR to put these different Pokemonsters right into the scene. And then you swipe 
to throw your Pokeballs until you capture it. And I, I have to admit, even though I understand how the technology works, I think it's a really neat little magical moment when you find one and you capture it. Now, there's more details to the game than that and ways to battle each other and have gyms and teams and all those things that we'll get into in just a few minutes. But what I want to touch on now is just how quickly this became really insanely popular. So over the weekend, the servers that run this game were completely overwhelmed. I don't think that anyone anticipated the demand for it. A story came out today that on Android, more people were playing Pokemon Go than were using Twitter. Nintendo's stock has surged on the release of this game. And in fact, when I got into the office this morning, there was an all-office email from some people here who are playing the game that we're going to talk to in a minute, urging everyone who's planning on playing to join the blue team. I had already started playing a bit with my kids over the weekend, so I'm on Team Red. That puts me at odds with several of my coworkers, but that's cool. And I know on the podcast, we, we don't really talk about gaming very much, but there's something about this particular story that we felt warranted a mini-episode, and I think it's... First of all, this intersection of the digital world and the real world coming together in a, in a really interesting and compelling way. Uh, secondly, we're seeing all sorts of interesting stories and meetups and things happening as people go out into the world to play this game. I feel like I need a thirdly here, but I'm not sure what the thirdly is. Other than saying, I think it's been a while since a mobile app has sort of captured this much attention this quickly, and that just seemed to deserve a little bit of talking about. As I usually do when something new is sweeping the nation, as they say, I brought Wiener into the recording studio to have him explain it to me, and this did not go well at all. All right, joining me now is Wiener. Hey, Wiener. Hey, Pete. Okay, so you are a Pokemon expert. No. No, you're not a Pokemon (laughs) expert. But I brought you in here to kind of share the core narrative of Pokemon that drives all of its, its franchises and media. And you cannot do that. No, no. No. Yet, you sent me a chat message today, all right, and this is what it says. Here's a podcast idea. It would be a great mini episode. We land an interview with a Pokemon to talk about augmented reality and digital culture, and you ask a series of super long and detailed questions, and each time the Pokemon just yells, Bulbasaur. And that's the name of a Pokemon? Bulbasaur. <laughs> okay. Your friend's cousin is the English language voice actor for Bulbasaur. Basically, the only thing they say is their name. Bulbasaur. Hmm. They're like Bob Dole. Actually, Bob Dole ran for president the same year that Pokemon first came out, 1996. Did you know that? Bulbasaur. Things just got worse from there. So with Wiener out as a subject matter expert, I brought Danica, the fast-working intern, back in, as well as Jen Michaels, both of whom are playing the game. And we had a short conversation about how the game works, why people are finding it so compelling, and then we step back and talk a little bit about what we can learn from the success of this game. So here's my conversation with Danica, the fast-working intern, and presentation designer Jen Michaels. Good time. With me now we have Danica, the fast-working intern, and Jen Michaels, both of whom have been playing since the game launched on Thursday. Yep. Yeah? So tell me how the game works. So basically anyone who has a smartphone that runs an operating system that it'll work on um, can use their phone's camera to sort of view Pokemon through the lens. It's, it's using augmented reality, I think it's called. and. You go around, try and catch Pokemon. When you catch them, there are rewards you get. Um, 
once you reach a certain level, you can battle other players in gyms, but not one-on-one -on -one directly. And that's basically the whole game right now. Okay, so it's an app. Mm -hmm. And I start playing, how do I know where to go to look for Pokemon? There's a map of the world. Yeah. It looks a little bit like if Google Maps were in a video game. So okay. it was actually a little creepy the first time I opened it. It's like I was in my house. Yeah. There's there's my character, and she's like standing on my street yeah. at my house. I gotcha. So, so yeah, you're seeing the real world on a map. Yeah. Do, do we know how the Pokemon get there? Magic. Just when they launch the game, right? So... Something suggests to me there's Pokemon. I, I go and find them. How do I catch them? You throw a Pokeball. You throw a Pokeball, yeah, just like in the cartoon, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. You just click on the Pokemon once you see it around, like, your little circle, and okay. then you have an option. And then, so I've, I've captured the Pokemon, and now I can go to a gym, and I can fight other people? Once you're level five. Okay. Yeah, so, so you got to play for a few days and catch a fair number of Pokemon so that you're yeah. cool enough and experienced enough to go to the gym. Okay, so this game's been out four days. What's your level now, Danica? Uh, I'm 14. In Jen. I'm level five, but the guy who um, currently is, like, the head of our local gym yeah. is, like, magnanimously higher than Danica or I. So there must be people who are playing 24-7. Yeah. He's left a Pokemon to defend the gym that is approximately a 1,000 times stronger than the Pokemon that I just caught. Wow. Right. And so uh, tell me about how the teams work. So basically, when once you're um, high enough to join uh, gyms in battle, you'll get a choice to pick one of three teams. Um, they're Instinct, Valor, and Mystic, and it's mm -hmm. like red, blue, and yellow. Um, blue is the best team mm -hmm. because I'm on it. Definitely Team Blue. I'm on Team Red, so. Team Red's okay, too. Yeah. So the gym is currently held by Team Blue in for that to change, somebody has to defeat this ridiculously powerful Pokemon that's guarding it? Well, it depends on which gym. So the yeah. gyms are all over the place. Sure. And I would say if you're new to the game, it's smart to take a look at where the gyms are relative to places you are a lot, like your home yeah. or your work or your kid's school. Yeah. And know that the gyms change hands a lot. So, mm -hmm. for example, as of this morning, the two gyms that are closest to our office, there may be like a football field in either direction from mm -hmm. Mindset Digital. Mm-hmm. This morning they were both blue. Well, mm -hmm. since then, red has taken over one of them. So, gotcha. like, when you choose your team, choose strategically, but know that it's not. I got gotcha. you. It's not life or death. But if red owns a gym, does that mean you you can't go there? Um, you want to battle that gym to take over it. Mm -hmm. um, there's different levels of the gyms, and that's how many Pokemon okay. that can sort of live there. This is why we've emailed everyone at Mindset this morning saying, if you're going to play, please choose Team Blue, because gotcha. the more blue we have, the more likely we can go take over that red gym if sure. we need to. Now, Danica, you have played Pokemon growing up. Yes. Pretty imbued in the Pokemon universe, played yes. on Game Boy. Mm -hmm. Did you play any of the card-based games? I didn't exactly play them. Um, I was a little too young to understand how it worked but sure. i collected a lot of the cards and okay. i wasted a lot of money on them okay but jen now you were telling me you didn't have much pokemon experience before you started playing the game no i kind of missed that boat i could name maybe three pokemon you know i knew yeah. pikachu because yeah. he's the thing that's on tv and i knew jigglypuff because he's in super smash brothers but that was basically it so what got you why, why did you decide to start playing this game i was really interested in the augmented reality part of it yeah 
and I, I wanted to see if it was fun, and I was also interested in whether or not the game would bring people together or divide them. So yeah. I, it's fun to play by yourself, but it's even more fun to play with other people, yeah. including people you don't know. Yeah. So like I played at Easton Town Center this week, which is a mall here in Columbus, yeah. and there were little groups of people all over the place and like at some point, if you got nine people in small groups standing around some random landmark at Easton, yeah. and they're all staring at their phones. Yeah. Someone eventually says something like, "Hey, are you guys yeah, playing Pokemon yeah. Go?" Right. Yeah. And now you're talking, and I thought that would be really cool. Yeah. Meeting people. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, wandering around in the woods yesterday morning, <laughs> by myself, and this this older gentleman was walking around behind me and it was making me really nervous at first because I was alone and I was like, is he following this story, me? This story is stressing me out yeah. so far. <laughs> I mean, you're What's here, so I'm on? assuming there's a happy ending, but. Yeah, so I, I went down to the river, like around the bushes, trying to get away and let, and then he was like, hey, hey, wait, are you trying to catch them all? Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then his family came out behind him. He was just ahead trying to get to the pokey stops. We yeah. need like a hand signal or something because especially Easton Town Center is a really confusing mall. Right. There were a couple people I tried to talk to and they were just like trying to find a store. Mm-hmm. They were playing Pokemon <laughs> Go. Yeah. Just using my phone, thank you. Yeah. yeah, or like one time I went to a pokey stop and there was a cop there, like he was just there generally. Yeah. But you could tell he was kind of looking at all the people with phones being like, what is going on here? Yeah. So I think finally someone explained to him what the deal was. So why do we think, and this is what I really wanted to ask you too, clearly the servers for this game were overwhelmed, right? The response to it, it was, was not anticipated. What, what is driving people, particularly people, Jen, like you or I, who maybe know a little bit about Pokemon, what's driving us into, into this game? Or what's, what's bringing new people into this game that is making it so popular? I think it's a lot more accessible than a lot of the other Pokemon games. You mm-hmm. don't have to buy like any particular gaming system to play it. Right. Just about everybody has a smartphone now. Right. And in fact, you don't actually have to know anything about the Pokemon to get started in the game. Yeah. Like you can play it without really paying much attention to that stuff. Yeah. And and so I've noticed in just a little, little bit that I've played on Team Red, when you find a Pokemon, on your camera and it appears there it it really is a magical sort of moment right even though you know i know what augmented reality is and you know i've actually deployed it in advertising campaigns in the past it seems like it's brought together a lot of neat technologies you know location-based technologies augmented reality here's my next question do you think this might be one like a like a skyrocket game that it's going to like everyone's super popular and then it's going to fizzle out and and i'm going to come to the office next monday and you guys are going to be like you're still playing Pokemon Go? L. I think it depends how quickly they update things. Right now, this is enough to keep it going for maybe a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they're supposed to release trading soon, which will give them another little boost. Yeah. But I think just because the Pokemon is so trading, is like, popular. so if I bump into you, we could trade if I have. Yeah, like, like right now there's a pretty limited number of ways that you could interact with people inside the game. Like yeah. you can't trade, you yeah. can battle, but that's kind of it. Yeah. You can interact with people outside the game. Right. And like Danica said, I think that will keep it going for a little while. I think that's one reason people like this game yeah. is it's in the real world, so the odds that you're actually going to bump into other real physical humans and talk to them is pretty high. Right. So there's the sense of it bringing people together. I think there's the fun of playing with other people. You know, like I've right. called my sister a couple of times. She lives in a different state to ask her questions because she's further in the game than I am. So right. I think people like that. But if the game doesn't evolve and get more interesting, people are going to stop playing, and then you're going to lose that group fun aspect. Right. 
Right. But there's definitely a lot of potential. I've read a lot of stuff about different things they're planning, so I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Well, and the physical part's cool. Like, it is fun to walk places. I mean, you can play in your car, but a lot of times it's actually more fun to just, especially if you're in a place with, like, tons of poke stops, you just sort of walk around. Right. I saw stuff at Easton Town Center I'd never noticed before that was at poke stops, and I've lived here for, like, nine years. Yeah. Okay, Danica, I asked you to look into some of the funny stories that have happened in the first few days of the game. What can you tell me about? Um, Well, a lot of police stations are releasing warnings um, about driving, Mm-hmm. And playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. Basically, don't do it. But there was one in Australia, I believe, where they were having a problem with lots of visitors. People kept coming into the police station, and they finally had to release a notice and say, hey, guys, you don't need to come in here to use the Pokestop. Mm-hmm. We know there's a sand true here, and you can get it from outside on the street. So that mm-hmm. was kind of funny. I gotcha. Um, there's also a lot of talk about the effects it's going to have on people's health. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's making people exercise. I mean, I went for a run. I haven't gone for a run months. Sure. Just because I wanted to hatch some eggs. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and you seem uh, super healthy. But I'll tell you what. Um, you know, as you know, I've worked in video games, and, and the whole point when Connect came out with Microsoft was try to get people up and off the couch, and that was challenging enough. What I think is amazing is how this game gets you not just off the couch, but out into the real world. Well, and speaking of that, I. You know, I haven't called the game designers. I don't know for sure. But I did notice if you stay in one place for a while and you don't put out a lure, which is you can put out this thing that will bring Pokemon to you for yeah. like 30 minutes. Yeah. If there's no lure, after you catch a couple Pokemon, you've got to move or there won't be more. Yeah. Right? So there's a lot of incentive built into the game to start moving around. I got gotcha. you. Interesting. Okay, so I want to I wanna abstract it now by, by one level because I'll tell you, I saw this starting to trend on Twitter on Thursday, actually, right away, and then on Friday, and then, of course, my son is 15, and he and his friends were playing all weekend. And I was doing a lot of driving, and I thought, oh, maybe, you know, I'll do a blog post on this, like, what are three things brands can learn from Pokemon Go? Uh, and then I realized, like, when I write those kind of blog posts, it makes me hate myself a little bit inside, <laughs> you know, because I'm taking this neat thing and trying to squeeze it in, which is why I was glad to do a mini episode for the podcast, because I feel like that's a better way to let's just talk about what's so compelling about this that that's a good takeaway. I saw a couple of posts already, what local businesses can do to take advantage of Pokemon Go. Yeah, my yeah. nearest Pokestop is a comic book yeah. and, like, fantasy card trading store nice. and they put out lures all the time like they told me at the desk we put out lures to try and get more people in the store and it's working there's a lot of foot traffic yeah my takeaway from this and and this is what that blog post might have been about but i don't is that that pokemon has a very simple narrative at its core which is there's magical monsters in the world that you can capture and then battle against each other for sport and whether that's on nintendo ds or in the cartoons or in the card playing game or in the role-based strategy games or even now right these are all variations on this core story like the takeaway to me was that yes all this technology existed before augmented reality geolocation, but this story pulled it all together, and that's what makes it really compelling to me. I think you're right that part of the fun of this game is that it's a fun, light, cartoonish, easy narrative that everyone can enjoy, and it feels really innocent and fun, right? It's just these cute little monsters fake battling. Right. And even as someone who didn't know anything about Pokemon, I really appreciated that in this game, I didn't have to learn a ton about Pokemon to play. You could just start capturing Pokemon and sort of learn as you go. Yeah. And I like, too, how I mean, this is really a great example of 
you know, we're always talking here at Mindset Digital about how digital connections are, are real. It's a real way to communicate and connect with people. But this is, this brings the IRL in real life together with, with connecting digitally um, in a really unique way. And I think that having a story that's wrapping it together and brand that people know is is really created a power. Like I look at it and go, why didn't they release this five years ago? I guess smartphones, you know, we're probably right now at this good good place where people who were into Pokemon in the early 2000s now have smartphones. And I don't know if you want to talk about this, Pete, yeah. but another thing I've noticed from my friends on Facebook, they are spending money either directly in the game. There's fewer of those. I mean, like you yeah. can go in the game and spend real money to get Pokecoins, and most of my friends aren't doing that. But some of them, for example, have upgraded their cellular data plan mm -hmm. where they bought an extended battery pack for their phone so they could stay out longer. Like yeah. people are spending real money to engage with this game. And yeah. I don't know how that relates to brands, yeah. but I don't. I would hate for brands to walk away and think, oh, this is just a fun thing people are doing. That's people right. are taking this seriously yeah. enough to spend money yeah. on it. Yeah, well, I want to say we take these calls all the time, but let's say a client calls and is like, hey, this Pokemon Go thing is great. Uh, what can we do with it here? I, I'm, you know, the last thing I would do is say, well, go create your own game. Or I, I'd say more, look at what's really compelling about it and just try and join in the fun a little bit and don't try and make it about your brand. You know. Yeah, not just that, but like the Poke Stops, because they come from ingress, they're often things that even as someone who's lived here a long time, I never really stopped to notice. So right. like a beautiful mural at the mall, or right. like a piece of art, or a weird fountain, or yeah. a pretty fountain. Yeah. And it's making me see my world in different ways. Yeah. And while those are just landmarks or whatever, right. imagine the power yeah. for brands if yeah. you could create experiences where people want to go to a place yeah. and engage with a visual thing yeah. related to your brand. Yeah. Digital world, real world coming together. And just on top of that, I, I did see a story where a woman found a dead body while she was out, right? So it's not always beautiful <laughs> things, but it's the world as the world is. So, okay, Danica, you've now listened to the two older people in the room talking about Pokemon for a good 10 minutes. Sounding really What is old, it that yeah. we don't get? What are you sitting there going? <sighs> I mean, there's nothing that, like, I don't think you understand, but I something I'm curious about myself is how much money they're making on like microtransactions. Because yeah. you can say that yes, people are upgrading their plans and stuff, but I feel like where the money is really at for them is there. And you'll notice there's no ads in this yeah. right now, which I think is really fascinating. Because yeah. you would think in a, a big game like this, they'd right. be making money on that. Right. So right now, the on the it. only monetization we see is really in-app purchases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one of the the things that's really helping make this popular, which might sound kind of stupid, is just that it's limited. Like in the number of Pokemon, they are only doing, I think, like the first 250 right mm -hmm. now. And that's what people are nostalgic about. Mm -hmm. That's what people like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Plus, a lot of the people who grew up with it have kids now, and it's like a really easy thing yeah. that you can play with, like your. Yeah, eight-year-old or whatever. I do. I, I think you're absolutely right that nostalgia is a big part of this popularity that was maybe not expected. Like I think maybe just based on how their server load hasn't been able to handle the demand, mm -hmm. that they thought this might be like releasing just a, you know looking at any other Pokemon mobile game, probably that same adoption trajectory. And I think it's more than that because so I I didn't have Pokemon like mm -hmm. growing up when it came out I was already you know jaded by the world, <laughs> and and. For a long time, and uh, you know, I, I think my wife would agree with this. Like she's like, you know, you would ask our kids about it, and and they just were so excited about it, and we couldn't follow it at all. We had no idea really what's this card do. I'm not sure. You know, this game's easy enough that if you have kids, and I often say, right, mid-career professionals who I like to think listen to the podcast, 
um, you know, if they have kids playing this game, this is super easy for them to pick up. Literally, you know, it's explained in the first three screens. That's all you need to know. And then you're playing. And I think that's a great way to connect with kids, too. And even with my son, I can, you know, I haven't captured a lot of Pokemon. But when I find one that's nearby that he hasn't got, then we immediately go out and get it. Yeah, that's really, really interesting is that you don't need a whole lot of instruction. A lot of the games you look at now, like, they take you through, like, a half-hour tutorial. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, you're playing within about, I would say, 30 seconds. In yeah, this I know. Game, I on, on Thursday, normally I'll take like a 15-minute nap yeah. during my break, but instead I was like, oh, I'm going to go. You're, you're talking start. about your work at Whole Foods and not here, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I, uh, I decided to try and learn the game instead, and I, it was so fast and so easy to like yeah. level. I went out and I took a walk instead, which was really nice, and it actually made me feel a lot less tired than the nap. So, yeah. so I would say if you're not into gaming or mobile gaming, but you're interested in the intersection of the digital world and the real world, that it's still worth downloading this app and giving it a shot because uh, it did shoot sky high in popularity awfully fast. But uh, And we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. But it, it's been a, a super interesting thing for me to observe you know, just in, in how those two worlds are coming together. Anything else? What's your all-time favorite Pokemon? That's a really hard question. <laughs> and I'm over here, like, trying to remember one of their names. I'm, like, opening Bulbasaur. the app to be like, I'm going to say this for one. a really long time about it. Um, I don't want to say something that's, like, cliche, but I always really liked Eevee, and that's really popular here. I have a little stuffed Eevee in the back of my car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I feel like everybody likes that, so I don't want that to be my favorite. It's okay. No. You can just like it best. <laughs> I think my favorite is whichever one's not Pidgey because I keep catching Pidgey. So yeah. when I catch something that's not Pidgey, I'm really psyched. Yeah. And I'll also say it's been really fun with my friends listening to the, them negotiate how they're going to fit it into their workflow and sort of their limitations. So yeah. things like if you're a kid, yeah. you can't wander into yeah. the street. Yeah. If you're in a wheelchair, there's places you can't go. Right. If you're a woman or you're black, there may be places that you don't feel comfortable playing Pokemon yeah. Go by yeah. yourself or right. at certain times of day. Danica. Right. But people are all finding ways to play, right? Yeah. Some of them are using incensors. Some of them are playing in small groups. It's yep. really cool to see how people are working around these very real-world restrictions to have fun with this game. I love the way it's connecting people. Like, anywhere you go, someone's going to be like, hey, are you playing Pokemon? I yeah. mean, whenever I'm at the park, somebody somebody says something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's fantastic. I'm glad that we're getting a mini episode out. We have a lot of neat links in the show notes that Danica, the fast-working intern, found for us in about 30 seconds. Uh, a lot of funny memes about this out there, too. And I haven't seen one that hasn't made me laugh. So anything else that we need to say? Do you guys want to know how my interview with Wiener went about this? I am literally dying to get out of here so I can walk down to the corner and do the Pokestop. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll let you go. Go Team Red. If you if you haven't played, join Team Red when you join. No, they both. <laughs> see, people can't see the, that look that yeah, you just no, gave no. me. <laughs> people will know right. when the time comes That's which right. team to join. All right, everybody. Thanks for coming in. Is that all you got? Let's begin. This mini-episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast was produced by Pete Brown and Jessica James and featured Jen Michaels, Danica Stahl, and me, Bria Bell Schultz, with a really odd appearance by Matt Wiener. If you like the show, let us know by leaving us a review on iTunes or reach out directly at podcast at mindsetdigital.com. Some music in today's episode came from audionautics.com.
On behalf of everyone at Mindset Digital, I'm Bria Schultz. Good times. Good times. Mini episode. Just to talk about it. Were you waiting for me to go mini episode? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll do it this time for sure. Okay. Do you think it's funny? Uh, yeah. After, after I did it the first time, I didn't feel like it was funny. Oh, well, I, you, I can just talk through it normally. You can put it in later if you want to. Oh, that's good thinking. Yeah. Cool. Mini episode! <laughs> from the second paragraph or from the top? I think we better go from the top. Okay. And whenever you're ready. Welcome. Mini to- episode. <laughs> Bulbasaur. <laughs>